Hello and welcome to Words of Wisdom, a podcast dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the Book of Proverbs. Your host is Dr. Jerry Weirwool, who will share life-giving truth from Proverbs that will help us become wise and discerning. Wisdom is a journey, and we hope you will join us for this exciting adventure. Proverbs 14.16 says, A wise person fears and turns aside from evil, but a fool is angry and is overconfident. Here we have a proverb with antithetic parallelism, comparing the wise person and the fool. The wise person is described as one who fears, which is then associated with a course of action. They turn aside from evil. While the course of action being attributed to the wise person is not necessarily predicated upon their fear, however, in reality, an action is always predicated upon the mental state of the individual. In other words, the way someone thinks is usually directly connected to a resulting decision or behavior. The Hebrew word translated fears has a broad range of meanings, including to be in awe, to have apprehension, and to be afraid. And thus, it can carry either a positive nuance or a negative one, depending upon the context. In the book of Proverbs, this Hebrew word is most often used with a positive connotation, such as in Proverbs with the instruction to fear Yahweh, or with the cognate noun to have the fear of Yahweh. In addition, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 13, it says, The one who despises a word is still bound by a pledge to it, but the one who fears the commandment will be rewarded. What we see here is another positive nuance where the phrase fears the commandment doesn't refer to a person who hides and is afraid of the commandment, but rather suggests one who reveres and obeys the commandment, perceiving its importance, purpose, and benefit. Scholars have offered a number of different definitions for what it means to fear in Proverbs 14, 16. Some suggest that it refers to the, quote, difficulties and dangers involved in a given course of action, or, quote, being apprehensive of men and things and on guard, or, quote, the anxiety that sets in when one is planning evil. However, none of these meanings are really found anywhere else in the book of Proverbs. It is probably the simplest solution to see the word fears as simply a shorthand for the phrase fears Yahweh. The best evidence for this conclusion is in the strong correlation and precedent the word fear has in connection with Yahweh found elsewhere in the book. But just as important is the fact that in another proverb with similar wording and context, it actually does occur with the object Yahweh. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear Yahweh and turn away from evil. This proverb is saying that the wise person must fear Yahweh in the sense of to revere him and live according to his precepts and instruction, knowing the consequences of disobedience. And furthermore, as an accompanying action, demonstrating their reverence, they are to turn away from evil. This is the same exhortation found in chapter 14, verse 16. However, does this make it certain that the word fears in 14, 16 must be a shorthand reference to fears Yahweh? No, not absolutely. But the evidence points in the direction for that to be the case. And so where does that leave us? Well, to begin with, the context of 14.16 is undefined enough so as to not treat the foregoing analysis as definitive. Another alternative is that it is also possible that the Hebrew word for fears 
is carrying a broader meaning that deals with a person's knowledge of the harmful and destructive consequences of evil. Thus, in this respect, the wise person understands the devastation that evil will bring, and their fear of experiencing such pain and suffering keeps them from committing evil acts, and thereby they then turn aside from evil. Nevertheless, both meanings can play a part in what the proverb is saying. Probably, though, the more likely meaning is that the wise person is to fear Yahweh and the consequences of disobeying him. But there's also truth to having fear of the grievous effects and ramifications that doing evil can cause, which can be a strong deterrent to avoiding it. Now, in contrast to the wise person, the fool is one who is angry and is overconfident. The Hebrew word translated is angry literally means to pass over, in the sense of to cross the bounds of propriety. But in the specific form found here, the word carries the meaning of to be angry, excited, or incensed, or to flare up or be infuriated. The meaning doesn't have to do so much with the emotion of anger as it does with the actions of one who is controlled by their anger. Anger often blinds an individual to what they need to see and also entails a rejection of the person or thing against whom the anger is directed. And so, the parallelism points us toward understanding how anger causes a fool to be inexorable and resistant to the views of others. Ultimately, the fool is angry at Yahweh and refuses to submit and live in reverence toward him. Instead, in their anger, the fool treads out their own road in life, not the road of wisdom disregarding all potential dangers and hazards that may arise from such arrogance. In addition to anger, the fool also possesses a high view of their own self-importance and superiority. This way of thinking leads the fool to be overconfident. The Hebrew word translated overconfident means to trust, be confident, or feel secure. And the implication is that the fool trusts wholly in themselves, feeling secure in their knowledge and understanding, and thinking they don't need to listen to anybody else. This sort of intense self-reliance and self-assurance leads the fool to not be cautious or fear the consequences of their actions. Thus, overconfidence produces carelessness due to a lack of proper consideration of their circumstances. The fool unwisely trusts in himself and charges on ahead without concern for what may lie in wait for them. What we can learn from this proverb is that wise people turn away from evil, and that means that they not only have a desire to be godly and know what is right, but also have the strength of character and courage to follow through and act accordingly. Courage does not mean having such great character that we have no fear, trepidation, or concern. Rather, courage is the ability to act despite facing what is frightening, intimidating, or dangerous. Turning away from evil is simple, but not easy. It takes humility, character, and courage. And these are things that an individual must take time to develop within themselves as they walk on the road of wisdom in life. The person who fears Yahweh does not overestimate themselves, but is sensible and even-tempered. Unlike the fool that is cocky and self-reliant, recklessly endangering themselves because they fail to see the need for any concern or restraint. There is a dark side where courage turns to arrogance and recklessness. The fool who seems to act unafraid or courageous is not doing so with the correct desire and perspective of wanting to avoid evil. 
Instead, they mock and laugh in the face of evil, thinking that it can't touch them. The pretensions of their own superiority have blinded them, so that they cannot recognize evil for what it is. They neglect such concerns, and with headstrong arrogance, they oppose all those who suggest otherwise. They are a law unto themselves. For an illustration of this proverb, I want to tell of an incident that occurred during the Civil War in May of 1864. After ending an indecisive battle on May 7th with Confederate forces, General Ulysses S. Grant moved the Union forces southward the following day, intending to confront General Robert E. Lee's Army of Northern Virginia at a crossroads town called Spotsylvania Courthouse, which was located right outside Fredericksburg to the southwest. The two armies would clash here over the course of the following 12 days in one of the single bloodiest and brutal battlefields of the war, with 18,000 Union and 11,000 Confederate casualties. That is a total of 27,000 deaths in a little over a week. One of the leaders of the Union forces was Major General John Sedgwick. He was in command of the 6th Corps. Sedgwick had led the 6th Corps at Chancellorsville and Gettysburg, and by the Overland Campaign, he was the highest-ranking officer in the Union Army, below only General Grant and Major General George Meade. After arriving on the afternoon of May 8, 1864, at Spotsylvania Courthouse, Sedgwick and his 6th Corps took their place in the center of the Union line, with Major General G.K. Warren's 5th Corps on his right and Major General Winfield Hancock's 2nd Corps on his left. The following day... May 9th, was filled with Confederate riflemen taking sporadic shots at the Union line. During the day, Brigadier General William Morris was wounded from one of the bullets, as were several others from shots fired. In response to this, the staff officers issued a warning to Sedgwick to not approach the Union line as it was dangerous, and that Confederate sharpshooters had already wounded a number of soldiers. But only minutes later, Sedgwick was inspecting his line and directing artillery placements with bullets whizzing by him. Then, suddenly, Sedgwick was struck in the face below his left eye with a bullet, killing him instantly. The best description of what happened is recounted by Sedgwick's chief of staff, Martin T. McMahon, who was standing next to Sedgwick when he was shot. This is what he said. The enemy opened a sprinkling fire, partly from sharpshooters. As the bullets whistled by, some of the men dodged. The general said, laughingly, What? What? Men, dodging this way for a single bullets? What will you do when they open fire along the whole line? I am ashamed of you. They couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. A few seconds after, a man who had been separated from his regiment passed directly in front of the general, and at the same moment a sharpshooter's bullet passed with a long shrill whistle very close, and the soldier who was then just in front of the general, dodged to the ground. The general touched him gently with his foot and said, Why, my man, I'm ashamed of you dodging that way, and repeated the remark, They couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. The man got up and saluted and said, good-naturedly, General, I dodged a shell once, and if I hadn't, it would have taken my head clean off. I believe in dodging. The general and some of the men in the rifle pits who had heard that remark laughed, and the general replied, All right, my man, go to your place. Another of the same kind of bullets passed 
while I was standing talking to the general in a low voice, about something which I have never since been able to recall. Then, a third time, the same shrill whistle, closing with a dull, heavy stroke, interrupted me, and I remembered distinctly that I commenced to say, General, they are firing explosive bullets, when his face turned slowly to me, and the blood spurted from his left cheek under the eye in a steady stream, brought me to the first knowledge of our great disaster. He fell in my direction, and I was so close to him that my effort to support him failed, and I went to the ground with him. The tragedy that befell Major General Sedgwick could have been avoided, but he showed utter disregard for the dangerous climate that he was in on the front line of the battlefield. Danger is danger to the wise person and the fool alike. The difference is that the wise person will take heed to the knowledge of danger, whereas the fool in his anger won't let anyone tell him what to do and thinks the danger won't harm him. To be wise means to be on the lookout for where evil is at work and dangerous circumstances that our enemy, the devil, might use in order to bring death and destruction to pass. It is courageous to act in the face of danger and terror, but it is also wise to fear Yahweh and to turn away from evil, not recklessly endangering yourself or others. Both are true, and so it takes wisdom to know how to properly walk that road and discern what is the right course of action in each situation. This is the wisdom of the proverb. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Words of Wisdom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so appreciative if you would share this podcast with your friends. And if you have been blessed by this work, please consider supporting the podcast by clicking on the donation link in the description.